Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey there, this is Wiggins America, and I am here today, this weekend, to blow your freaking mind out of your face. Because I've got a conspiracy theory that is making the rounds and looks to be very, very true. In fact, it's to the point now, after I shared this yesterday, I I filled in for Annie Fry on the Annie Fry show on Friday. So I didn't know that this was going to be such a big thing, but here we are talking about it again because it is a big thing. It is the egg crisis sweeping the nation. Now, you're not this is nothing new. We're almost into February now, and this has been going on since before Christmas, probably before that. But Christmas is when I remember going, oh, man, I got to go get some eggs because my wife's going to bake some stuff for Christmas, and I can't find any eggs other than at Ruler Foods where they were still pretty cheap, and I think still are. But I went to Walmart on Thursday night, and I saw just a regular dozen of eggs for over $7. Now, I don't know if I had just seen you know the top rack where they're a little more expensive, but I can guarantee you that there was nothing special about those eggs. They weren't the cage-free ones, and in fact, the cage-free ones oftentimes are cheaper than the regular ones, the corporate eggs now, and that is, that is with reason, and, and I'm going to share that with you this, this segment right now. Uh, we do have a huge show ahead, a lot to talk about. We've got Old Roy coming in the next hour. We've got Trisha coming in, and we also have some guests, and I will, I, will, I will save that for you because this segment is so dynamic that I want to give it its full due. I've got some audio that's going to share with you exactly what's going on with chickens. Now, the reason that I'm saying this is so important is not just because, A, it's a conspiracy theory I want you to know about, but when I shared this on the Annie Fry show, several people, not just one random person, but a few, all chimed in and said, you know what? I raise chickens and I have been having the same problem. So not only were they confirming what I'm about to tell you, but they were concerned because they had not heard that there was a solution to this or that it was widespread. All right. Now, with that in mind, I will play for you the audio that I have been saving and hear just a portion of this, and then I'll tell you the full story of what's happening. Hey, has anybody else's chickens not laid a single egg? Because we've had them for 50 years, and we've never gone a winter without a single egg. Not one. Not one single egg. Well... We started letting our chickens out and to free range. We usually feed them. You can see they're not even touching the feed anymore. Like this has been here for three days. They don't want it. And apparently 
everybody who's been feeding their chickens this type of feed has stopped getting eggs altogether. So people who aren't able to let their chickens free range or can't run around the yard at all aren't getting any eggs. So that's just a random TikTok video. It's a, a lady who clearly is raising chickens. She's walking around with chickens in the video. You can hear them in the audio saying that she, since September, now I don't know if she was in that clip because she kind of goes all over the place in the clip, so I wanted to keep it short. But the story is, in September, they started to have no eggs. And they've got about six or seven chickens, so they're not big farmers. And that's, this is who it's affecting the most, is small farmers who just have a few uh, to a handful of chickens or small farms where that's not maybe the focus of the farm, but you do have chickens. What she says is, since September, the chickens just completely stopped laying eggs. Now, is that uncommon? Yes. It's not uncommon for there to be ebbs and flows in the production of eggs. Like, you could have a season, and they say winter, a lot of times chickens will slow down a little bit and not produce as many eggs. Um, so it ebbs and flows, but they don't ever just completely stop. And what she said was all of her chickens simultaneously at the end of September stopped producing eggs at all. She had zero eggs for months. That's weird. That's actually hard to do. You know, you'd almost have to try to make something that would do that, which is where I'm heading. What she said was one of her chickens, this like little white chicken that was real fast and spry named Lulu always got out of the coop. They could, they always were like, ah, Lulu's a Houdini. She always gets out of the coop. So she got out and was, was just eating whatever. And so they discovered, oh my gosh, Lulu is the only chicken now that's giving eggs. Once they started to really let her out, because they tried to make sure she didn't get out, but she would still. And when she would, she would produce eggs. So, well, what's going on? Well, she was eating other things and then making eggs. So they decided, well, we're going to let all of our chickens out and, and none of them would choose the feed. You know, if you got food given to you as an animal, usually they're like, well, shoot, there's food. I'm just going to eat the food you gave me. But they were all choosing to eat anything else they could find. They hated that food. They would eat it because it was the only thing there. But given a choice, they would free range, run around, find whatever they could find and eat that. And then they all started producing eggs again. So I shared that story on the Annie Fry Show on Friday. And so many people were chiming in saying, I do the same thing and I didn't know this was a problem for anybody else. Yes, it is. So if you're hearing this, you're not alone. If <clears throat> roughly late September, October is when these problems started for you, you're not alone. And it's how this person found out. She got into some Facebook groups for chicken raisers, and they were all saying the same thing. Here is another one. Imagine warning people. In nearly 30-something years of raising chickens, I have never gone without eggs, not even just one. And since... Before Halloween, I have not gotten a single egg until about a week ago, and I switched the feed that I was giving. I no longer am feeding chicken feed. I have switched my girls to goat feed. Steel-cut oats, black sunflower seeds, and goat feed. I have to say, there's something, uh, something to this. If I have to put my little tinfoil hat on, it's kind of weird. It is common across all of these groups and among those that we were talking to on the radio on Friday that, A, a lot of people who are small-time chicken keepers, so not like big corporate farms, um, are having the same issue and not knowing that they're, uh, they're not alone, that this is 
widespread. And B, that the solution to this, now I explained this to Katie Wiggins, my wife. Uh, Katie Wiggins doesn't necessarily pay attention to the news in the same way that I do. But randomly, she will know things that <laughs> are way off the radar. And I said on probably Thursday, because I knew that I was going to talk about it this weekend, I said, have you heard anything about this chicken stuff? And she immediately knew what I was talking about. And before I even had those clips, she said, oh, yeah, I've heard all about this. There's something wrong with the feed. And because she knows quite a few people in the circles that she runs in, she's a teacher and a lot of the kids that she teaches and parents that she knows and even other teachers, they're uh, they're not quite rural farmers, but they're just rural enough that you can keep chickens, and some of them do. And she said, oh, yeah, I've heard all about this. Um, apparently, this has been going on, and I, this without me prompting, since roughly October, the winter, few months, where chickens have just completely stopped giving eggs, and she said they're linking it back to the feed. And I don't know if, if this is a brand or if this is just an entire crop of feed that mostly small-time chicken keepers are experiencing, but it is having the same effect no matter where you go, and we are not alone here in St. Louis. It is everywhere that this is happening. So what they're doing is they're switching over to goat feed, which chickens don't care. They're fine with it. I don't know if it's maybe a little more expensive or if you're going to go through it fast. I have no idea. But they're switching over to goat feed, and then all of a sudden, snap, chickens start producing eggs again. Lo and behold, as you know, we're in an egg crisis in this country. Now, one is not linked to the other in that this has caused the egg crisis. I've talked to a guy named Trent Luce on this very show. You can probably look him up, Wiggins America Trent Luce. Look back at the interviews that I've done with him because over last summer, he said this was coming. Not this particular issue, but just an egg crisis because of problems with the chickens and a virus that was coming. So if you knew an egg crisis was coming... What would be one way to exacerbate that problem and drive the prices of eggs up? It would be to eliminate small competition. That's as far as I'm going to go in linking those things, because I think you know where this goes. That's not even really tinfoil hat stuff. Like I said at the beginning of this segment, it's not a conspiracy that this is happening. The conspiracy would be, why is it happening? Is there any sort of plan to this? Because it very well could be that you just happen to have a bad batch, but wow, incredible timing on your food being bad that is stopping chickens from laying eggs right in the middle of historic high egg prices. That is the stuff conspiracies are made of. Now, how do you prove it? Well, it's hard to prove motive, isn't it? It's really hard to prove motive. But you can put the dot, you can look at it and say there is something really fishy here. And if here's here's the last thing I'll say about it before we'll move on. If this were common, that every now and then you just had a bad batch of food and it hurt chickens' ability to lay eggs, you go, you know what? Possible that it was just bad timing. But most people who are saying this have said, I've been raising chickens for 25 years, 30 years. 50 years, and I have never seen this happen before. That's the kind of stuff that makes you go, this looks like an actual conspiracy. But again, what's the motive? How did it happen? Well, we'll wait. I just wanted to share that. And hopefully, if you have been in that boat, maybe you are a small chicken farmer or raised chickens just for eggs on the side, uh, and you've been having this problem, maybe that'll help a little bit. How about that?
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 97.1 97.1 FM Talk. This weekend, I am joined by Thomas Hogan, who is Senior Research Faculty at AIER, which is American Institute for Economic Research. Many other accolades, too. Formerly the Chief Economist, Economist for the U.S. Senate Committee on Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs. Thomas, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be on. So I want to talk to you about what's going on with the budget fight that's happening right now. Or is it even fair to call it a budget fight? Because I thought we already had this budget fight back before Republicans took the House, and now we're talking about a debt limit issue. Are these separate things? Um, yeah, so the, you know, the debt limit issue comes up periodically, and it's largely because we have uh, non-discretionary spending that we've committed to things like Social Security and defense spending and things that take take place over several years. Um, and so that means we're going to have more and more debt and we have a limit, but we keep reaching that limit and it keeps, keeps having to be raised. And so if the limit isn't raised, because they, they, I keep seeing articles that say things like, oh, we're in, we're in dire territory here. If, if the debt limit isn't raised, here are all the negative things that could happen. Is that, is that accurate? I mean, is this a bad thing? Well, so this is, when we, when we reach this limit, it usually comes down to some kind of political fighting about which programs could be, uh, you know, cut or enhanced. And it's basically just a time for political maneuvering a little bit in order to in order to come to an agreement. Um, What we would like to see is we would like to see this being used as a a way to actually cut long term spending. Um, But that usually doesn't happen. It's usually just about the the programs that are happening this year. So it's important to it's important to think about whenever we see debates on TV about 
um, what is going into the budget, what programs the government's going to spend money on. You know, if it's not Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, or defense spending, almost all of that money is borrowed. Every single dollar of that is borrowed in every year. And so all of that are things that can be negotiated or cut. And so that typically is what what we're fighting over every time this this problem comes around about reaching the debt limit. Thomas Hogan on the phone with us. He's from the American Institute for Economic Research. So all the articles I'm reading are talking about Janet Yellen going to uh, quote unquote extreme measures now to make sure that the government is operating. And uh, so that gives us some extra time before we have to really have negotiations happen. But who ultimately has the power here? Does is this a true bipartisan uh, agreement that has to come together to raise the debt limit? And what happens if Republicans decide that they don't want to raise it? Yes. So um, the Republicans, you know, have a majority right now in the House. And so they have some negotiating room, but it's it's kind of a slim majority. Um, and so there could be several people that are sort of borderline about about how committed they are to um, you know, different policies that they might want something particular for their state or whatever in order to to vote for this. Um, and so, you know, every time this happens, it's a little bit different. And to be honest, it's hard to tell from the outside who is negotiating those kind of programs on the inside. Um, but, you know, the Republicans want to try to use this, like in general, the Republican Party wants to try to use this to uh, get spending cut or, or get at least some other concessions that are going to, um, you know, benefit their party. And is this the time to do that? Is this the time to make those negotiations or is that, you know, is that done at a later date? You know, so it happens every year, kind of at the end of the year when we're looking at the final bills that are going to be passed. And so we actually, you know, had a sort of similar um, similar sort of discussions just a few months ago. But when the debt limit comes up, then it's a then it's a very defined time where it's something that's going to be in the press and it's going to be, um, you know, an easy negotiating tool. Uh, And so that that, you know, it's it's something that is. Uh, you can't get around it until there's a, a total agreement. And so in the sense of um, this is definitely something that can be used as a negotiating tool, but but it's hard to tell right now what the outcome of it is going to be. Yeah. And, and when will the outcome be? I guess that's one of my last questions is, is how long will this take? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because um, so you're right. So Yellen has said uh, the Treasury is planning for this, and so we're having more lead time than we would have in previous years that the government will be able to function even once we're kind of meeting the debt limit. You know, previously it's been, well, this is the end, and we've got to cut back on all the non-essential items, and, and half of the government is going to be suspended for a couple of weeks until they get pay. You know, they sell, send all non-essential workers, however they define that home. Um, and it's funny because Yellen having these precautionary uh, plans actually extends that period a lot more. You know, typically it's only a week or two that the pressure is really on to come to a solution and come to an agreement. But the fact that she's linked in this means this debate may take longer. It may be, you know, more than a couple of weeks, but we'll see. It's usually pretty short, but but I don't know, depending on what their treasury has planned. So before I let you go, Thomas, Thomas Hogan from American Institute for Economic Research on the phone with us, a little thought exercise here. So let's say you, you are Speaker of the House. What are you advising Republicans to What is the best possible outcome that you could see for your party right now if you're advising Congress? 
So the best thing that the Republicans can do politically is that they can move forward with a bill that they has things that they want. So, you know, having a slim majority means that they could potentially pass something that has a lot of programs that they favor and that would be good for them. And if they can get that passed in the House, then that means they have the ability to say, look, we have a proposal that is on the table. And now the Senate and the Democrats are the ones that, that are stalling us. Um, but like I said before, because they have a slim majority, it's not clear that they would be able to get something like that passed. And so, you know, if they can get if the Republicans can get together in the House and come to an agreement on what they want, then they have a much better chance of getting those things secured through an agreement with the, the Senate and the Democrats. Boy, it's it's amazing how much it comes down to controlling the narrative, isn't it, Thomas? It's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, if you've got the uh, the the words on your side, if you've got the, the message, then you are going to win this argument. So that's why we're talking about it. That's why we're getting ahead of this whole thing, because this is going to be a battle that's ongoing for a little while, it seems. Thomas, thank you so much. Thomas Hogan, the senior re- research faculty at American Institute for Economic Research. Do you want people to find you? Yeah, we're at AIER.org. We have a lot of uh, news and articles that you can come read on our website there. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time this weekend. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Hey, I don't want to spend too long on Document Gate Week 3. This is the news that is ongoing. I can't believe we're still talking about this. But, of course, the big news this week is that they also, well, I think early in the week was when they very first announced that they had found even more Biden documents at his house or somewhere else. So that, that made four different places they found documents, classified documents at Biden, Biden's residence. Uh, but also that Mike Pence came out and said that he had some. And then Jimmy Carter later in the week came out and said, yeah, me too. Uh, at least he used to. I don't know if he still does. So apparently this is very common. So we're going to see a raid of Barack Obama's house. We're going to see them go after Dick Cheney now. I, I don't know. But my whole point in this whole thing has been... And I want to get to a a listener letter that was written to me here. And I encourage these things. I I really do. Don't take phone calls a lot, partially because I'm running everything here. There's no producer. This is just me. Um, But when you can write in and I have time to sort of print out and digest it and be able to respond to it, I I really appreciate that. So thank you to Bill, who I'll get to here in just a second. But first, this whole thing is, to me, a clash of powers. And I don't like the way that that it's gone. And I think that you probably don't either based on just the Trump situation. Because this is stuff we were saying back when there was the raid at Mar-a-Lago. We were saying this is a president of the United States being treated this way. Well, 
we're also now talking about a vice president and a vice president, two different ones, uh, one who voluntarily gave those things up, the other one who apparently didn't, and somebody just randomly discovered these things, and that leads to the whole, I don't want to say conspiracy theory, but uh, theory that people who are in power that are kind of the puppet masters are starting to pull the strings away from Biden. So again, we'll get to that. But the big story here to me is the clash of powers between elected officials and non-elected officials. The FBI and powers within the FBI and DOJ in Washington, D.C. anyway, not field officers, Mary always want to make that distinction, are going after presidents and vice presidents. That, to me, is inappropriate. These people have the highest level of security clearance because we, the American people, voted them in. We can get into those issues later about Biden and 81 million votes. But just go with me here. These people are elected officials by the people. They're in office because the people of the United States voted them in. They have the highest level of security clearance. Therefore, why is it a problem for those people to have secure, secure documents, classified documents. So that's the main point that I've been making is that this is a non-story. It's only become a story because they did this to Trump. If they had found this with Biden, with Pence, whoever else that comes about, it would have never even been a story. But they made it a story. The deep state, the powers that be, the administrative state, whoever you want to call them, they made it a story when they made it about Trump. And that's where we draw the line and we say, this is a problem. This is not, the administrative state should not have this much authority over presidents and vice presidents elected by the people of the United States. Okay? So now... Let me transition here and get to this letter from Bill, which again, I very much thank Bill for writing me this, but I wanted to address this. He said, you know, just like you are maybe listening right now, you're not able to listen to the whole two hours. If you can download the podcast and you enjoy the show, that's great. Appreciate the, the many people who do that. But I also get that if you're just tuning in on the weekend at 97.1, you're dropping in to see what's going on or even what I'm having to say about things, then you're not going to catch the whole two hours. And he says, sorry that if uh, you did cover this. Bill says, but regarding my question about classified documents, which I've talked about a couple times over the last couple weeks, he says, one, whatever the contents were, I suspect they were classified for a reason. Now, I understand that line of reasoning, but you, you, I just talked about why I think that's a problem, because we're talking about people with the highest level of security clearance. And do you trust that these people are always classifying documents for the right reasons? Because things can get overclassified as classified. Do you know what I mean? For instance, if people put in a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request, and the CIA, for instance, decides, you know what, this document, legally we have to release it, but it casts us in a negative light, we're just going to redact everything. So that becomes a classified document that's fully redacted that, yes, you have access to, but it doesn't say anything. And that happens a lot. We're going to classify things that maybe shouldn't even be classified because we're the FBI. We, we have the power to do it, so we're going to do it. There's a lot of power in that. So I question the idea that, A, that these are all classified and dangerous to the United States, but we don't know because they're classified, so we can't see them, and B, 
that these people shouldn't even have the right to see or even hold these classified documents because they held those offices that had those security clearances. Number two, Bill says, I would think that Hunter might be able to use these documents to strengthen his relationship with China. Totally agree. That is an underreported study, I'm st- underreported story uh, right now in the media that Hunter Biden and a lot of these documents shed a lot of light on money that's been funneled from China through Hunter to Joe, presumably. And maybe that's one of the reasons that he was keeping these documents. Uh, there's a lot of money trail stuff that is coming to light. Thank God that people like Tucker Carlson are pointing them out because even Fox News, which should be talking about them for the most part, is not. Tucker is. A couple other outlets are. We're talking about it right now. Bill, great point. Um, but still, regarding the larger story here, that doesn't mean that a vice president or a current president shouldn't be allowed to have classified documents. Now, you're talking about the integrity of the person who has them, which is a story. Number three, if there, he's, he says, this is Bill, of course, if there wasn't a big deal made about Trump's documents, the Biden documents would be a non-story. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. In fact, I think I addressed that at the beginning of this segment. And his last point, Bill, um, says, I agree with those who believe the leaks, etc., are coming from the left in an effort to remove him from the 2024 picture. Thanks. Uh, well, thank you, Bill, again. That, you know, just again, I appreciate the comments and I appreciate the letters. And anytime somebody wants to engage in thoughtful debate with me, I will absolutely do that, either on the air or just privately with you. Um, and that message came through Facebook. So if you ever want to write me on Facebook, that's an easy way to find me. On Twitter, too, at Radio Wiggins or WigginsAmerica.com which is a website that is not kept up very well, but you can still co- you can still contact me on there. I'll, I'll update it someday when I have you know the resources to do so. I'm doing this all by myself. But that last comment there that he says that the leaks are coming from the left in an effort to remove Biden from the 2024 picture, uh, you're not alone in thinking that. <clears throat> I, I, I happen to disagree with that, but I know that I'm probably among the minority of people who say that I think that this is happening just because anything, and here's my theory, agree with it or disagree with it, you can have your own thoughts, of course, but when negative news comes out about a Democrat leader, especially president, you'll notice that it usually comes, unless it's self-inflicted, like Afghanistan, for instance, that was an absolute debacle done completely by the president, and the media couldn't ignore it. It was so horrible. But, you know, tried, they still tried to move on pretty quickly. <clears throat> but with a lot of things, they'll come out in the first six months after an election. So, for instance, President Biden takes office in January of 2021. You saw a lot of stories that were not, you know, they were, they were journalistic, real journalism, <laughs> you know, dipping the toe in the waters of real journalism there for the first roughly five to six months, even into the Afghanistan thing, um, because they knew, the media knows this, that he's he's not really vulnerable at that point. So you see the approval ratings dip in those early months because the media coverage is not as nice. And then when they have to rally around their guy going into an election year, they start to not cover stories that they should and only report positive stories and they circle the wagons around the guy. So that's my theory as to what's happening right now, that this was going to come out. They knew it before the election. We know that, that it, they, they found these things in November, 
but they waited until everything would kind of dust and settled, got way past Mar-a-Lago to then release this. And they never know whether or not it's going to be a huge story. <clears throat> For instance, if something bigger came along right now, it would sweep this story away. There just hasn't been a huge story that's taken the headlines. And that is to... You know, that, that, that sucks for Biden because they're trying hard. I mean, they came out and uh, did a couple press conferences this week. Biden came out and talked about Ukraine. They're trying to shift the focus as much as they possibly can, but they just haven't been able to do that. And that just is the luck of the news cycle in a sense. But all that is to say that I don't necessarily agree that this is meant to take down Biden and Trump uh, because that's the assertion is that if they're trying to take down One, they're trying to take down both of them with these kind of things and make them ineligible to run or just so tainted that they won't be able to run. I don't think anything that's going to matter come a year and a half, two years from now. This is the time when you see negative things about your guy come out because within six months, the news cycle will be completely different. People will not be talking about this at all. Remember impeachment? Impeachment in December of 2019 was supposed to be the defining factor for Donald Trump running in 2020. Nobody even remembered. Now, 2020 was a pretty interesting year, but point remains, stuff happens and people get over it really quick nowadays, especially. So that's my theory. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Time will tell. And I know a lot of people disagree and they, they do think maybe you're one of them who thinks that this is them trying to take down Biden. I just happen to disagree in this instance. So this is Wiggins America. This is your weekend. Thanks for being here. Well, I can't believe here we are again. It's the last weekend in January, and I've got more to this story. I had no idea that this was going to happen over the holidays. So between Christmas and New Year's, I was filling in for Annie Fry, hosting just one day that week, that Wednesday. I was able to book Carol Baskin from Tiger King. Here's the whole story if you're catching, catching up here. I was able to book her, did an interview with her that day. It was fine. She's talking about Big Cat Rescue and laws she's trying to get passed and make sure people don't own tigers and stuff. And she's been successful. So that was the bulk of the interview. But she also, I had to ask her about the show and about relationships with all these people that are, you know, part of the, the fame of Tiger King. So she said in that interview that she had never talked to Joe Exotic. She'd never talked to the guy, which blew my mind because if you've seen the show, you uh, assume that these people talk all the time. Well, they had, they corresponded letters and videos back and forth, but they never talked. So I reached out to Joe Exotic after that interview. He confirmed it from prison, which is where he is, and he sent a prison message, had his number in there and everything, and said, yes, that's true, and he explained. Um, he, he took a couple shots at Carol Baskin in that message itself, but confirmed that basically that was true. They had spoken in court in Ohio, and uh, they they you know took some swipes at each other. So then I thought, well, <clears throat> that's that's the end of the story. Um, I don't really know where to go with that. I got two or three weeks out of it. Pretty good stuff, <laughs> because that's all it's about, right? It's not all it's about, but that's that is what it's about when it t- comes to something as dumb as Tiger King. So last week on this here show, Old Roy was in studio at the end of the hour. And in the very same break that I've been talking about this, so I chose to not do it in that break this time in case you're sick of it. But at the very end of the show is when I've been giving my Tiger King updates. Well, he busts out. I thought we were going to skip that because we were done with it. He busts out this story that they had found Carol Baskin's dead husband that everybody said, well, she probably murdered him and fed him to tigers. 
I mean, that was the assertion on the show. So he busts this out. I Like, Roy, do you have any idea what we've been talking about? He had no clue that we've been talking about Tiger King for three weeks. So he busts that out. So here's that story, because I've looked it up and I've had the time to, to interview. I've, I've, I've interviewed. I've had the time to seek out all the information. So here it is. This is from Cosmopolitan a few days ago. Um, Carol Baskin's former husband, who was declared legally dead in 2002 after going missing five years earlier, has been found alive and well. This is from Cosmopolitan. I don't know why they're interested in it. Probably because it's entertainment. But perhaps what's even more shocking is that Don Lewis's resurrection is the fact that we all missed it. Turns out that Baskin made the revelation about her husband during a TV appearance in 2021. And I'm sure I speak for everyone when I say, how did that go under the radar? So that's Cosmopolitan. Followed up with a local news channel in Tampa, which is where a lot of this goes on, says the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office says Don Lewis is still missing, despite Carol Baskin's claims to the contrary. In a resurfaced 2021 interview that's currently going viral, the Tiger King star alleges her ex, who was declared legally dead in 2002, was found alive in Costa Rica, but this Hillsborough County Sheriff says, no, that's not true. That's from Tampa News. Okay. Then, from New York Post, it says that the claws are coming out in the decades-long feud between Tiger King star Carol Baskin and the daughters of her quote-unquote dead husband, Don Lewis. In a statement provided to the Post on Friday, Lewis's kids say that Baskin's stunning claim that he's been found alive and well is, quote, simply not true. The daughters declared before accusing Baskin of manipulating a letter seen in Netflix's Tiger King 2 in order to create a different narrative about Lewis's disappearance. Why this is hitting the news now, no idea. But, hey, great for this show, because we've been all over the topic for absolutely no reason at all. So here's the deal. Here's what I did. I've got, you know, I've got connections now. So I reached out to Carol Baskin. I said, Carol, hey, old friend, we've, you know me, we've talked before. So this isn't just coming out of the blue, some random guy. We've had discussion. So tell me what's going on with this news about Don Lewis. You want to do an interview? She says, quote, I'm not interested in doing an interview, but here are the details and a copy of the screenshot from Tiger King 2 and of the Homeland Security document. She sent it to me. She said, this aired back in 2021, and I've mentioned it more than 60 interviews I've done, so I'm surprised everyone in the press is acting like they aren't aware of it, and so she has no idea why this is coming out now, too, but the Homeland Security document says Don was alive and well in Costa Rica until 2000, well, she says 2K2, somebody interpret that for me, and this aired in 2021. So she said, you should watch Tiger King 2 so you can see. Now, she's addressing these news stories to to us right here. That the sheriff's deputy refuses to talk about anything having to do with Costa Rica and says, and she's paraphrasing here, that he's trying to overcome the Homeland Security report. And she says, why would he or anyone else who is in or watch Tiger King think he knows better, that's local sheriff, than Homeland Security? That was basically her segment. She said, I shouldn't be shocked at the lack of integrity. So many of the media are putting all kinds of words in my mouth. Uh, so I, that's that's not me, obviously. Me and Carol Baskin are our buddies now. And so I asked her and she told me that. And I wanted to pass that along to you because this is important news. I know there's a lot going on in the world that you may think is more important. 
but I doubt it. Compared to this little bombshell that you heard on Wiggins America, I'm not sure what could be more important. We will be back after this break at the top of the hour with more things that are less important than that, but that still might rise to the level of something you might be interested in. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 